You are Locked On Zags, your daily podcast on the Gonzaga Bulldogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Zags, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Stephen Carr. You can follow me on Twitter, at SCARGO, and you can follow the podcast on Twitter, at Locked On Zags. Today is Tuesday, April 27th, and we have a lot to get to today. We are going to start the show today talking all things Gonzaga baseball, because the new rankings came out on Monday, and they are now ranked 21st in the country. And they're about to play their biggest series of the season coming up this weekend. So a bunch of talk about Gonzaga baseball and how they're playing so well to start today's show. We're also going to continue our player reviews for the season with some words on Pavel Zakharov and Lily Scanlon, who have both left the program in the last couple weeks. So we'll talk about whether where they are heading. And then we're going to finish the show with a whole bunch of news and notes from the last three or four days in case you've missed anything, including the latest name connected to Gonzaga in the transfer portal. But first, like I said, let's talk about Gonzaga baseball because they have been playing unbelievably well. Let's recap the BYU series from this past weekend. Uh, I mentioned on Friday's show the 12-1 win uh, on Thursday night. Alec Jacob pitched eight innings, tied a career high with 12 strikeouts. Gonzaga took game one of that series. And then game two on Friday night was absolutely electric. It was a beautiful night uh, for baseball. They ended up turning away fans at the door because they reached their capacity limit. There were a bunch of students who showed up, a bunch of normal fans. BYU obviously traveled, so BYU fans were there. And fans ended up lining outside the stadium and watched it from behind fences. So the place was absolutely electric. So much energy uh, at the Patterson Baseball Complex. And uh, Gonzaga was up 2-1. to one. In the seventh inning, top of the seventh, Gabriel Hughes was on the mound. He had been pitching really, really well, and uh, he loaded the bases in the seventh with one out. Mark Baktoff took him out of the game, brought in his closer early, Brody Jesse, and Jesse got back-to-back strikeouts to get out of a bases-loaded one-out jam, and the place went absolutely nuts. So that was super, super cool. Gonzaga had a chance to add on. Uh, but they got thrown out at home plate uh, trying to tag up on a sacrifice fly that would have made the game 3-1. to one. And then in the top of the ninth inning, Jesse was still on the mound in a 2-1 to one game, and he had two on. BYU got two on with one out in the top of the ninth, tying run on second base, and Jesse induced a game-ending double play to give Gonzaga a 2-1 to one win. It was an absolutely electric environment and a super cool game uh, to, to watch. And then they came out and they kind of beat him up uh, they beat BYU up in Game 3 of that series as well. They won that one 7-3. to three. So, they swept BYU. They've won 9 of their last 10 games. They've won 14 of their last 17 games. And like I said, Monday morning, they are ranked 21st in the country. It's the first time they've been ranked this year. It's the first time they've been ranked since 2017, four years ago. The highest they've been ranked in the last decade or so was 19th. So, if they get another good week... Coming up here, that could easily propel them to their highest ranking in quite some time. Um, Their highest ranking ever was ninth in 1980. Don't think that that's going to happen, but they could certainly, uh, you know, reach the top 20 with another good week this week. If you take a look at the WCC standing, Gonzaga is still atop the conference at 14 and four. San Diego behind them at 11 and four, and then Portland and San Francisco three games behind Gonzaga at 11 and seven. And for those of you 
who are just starting to hop aboard this Gonzaga baseball train, this week is the perfect time to do so. Because Gonzaga hosts Washington State tonight in a non-conference game, and then they host San Diego for a three-game series this weekend in a battle for first place in the WCC. And then on Monday, the Oregon Ducks are coming to town, and the Ducks are ranked ninth in the country. Gonzaga's already got five wins over ranked opponents in their non-conference schedule. They've got an RPI in the top 30 nationally. Their non-conference strength of schedule is fifth in the country. So like I said, if this is your first week in, uh, about to watch Gonzaga baseball this season, you picked a good week to do it. Their game against uh, Washington State tonight is going to be on SWX along with the WCC Network. Same deal on Friday, SWX plus the WCC Network. Saturday's game against San Diego is going to be nationally televised on ESPNU. So if you don't have the WCC Network or if you're not home, if you don't have SWX, Saturday's game, ESPNU, the best chance to tune in right there. All three of those games are going to be at 6 p.m., Sunday's game is at noon against San Diego, and then Monday's game at home against Oregon is going to be at 1 p.m. with uh, Sunday and Monday's game on the WCC Network. The latest bracketology uh, with NCAA baseball has Gonzaga. I've seen it both ways. I've seen him as a two seed in Arizona's in a Tucson region with Arizona as the one seed, and then I've also seen them as a two seed in the Eugene region with Oregon as their one seed. If I had to guess, considering they're about to play Oregon three times in the next two weeks, I think they would probably send them to Tucson because they haven't played Arizona yet and they would have already played Oregon three times. Um, I have a hard time believing Gonzaga would get a one seed and host a regional. If you go back to last week, I talked about the NCAA baseball tournament and how it all works, Uh, but there's 16 four team regionals so gonzaga is likely going to get a two seed and either play in tucson or eugene uh, currently is what it looks like and for those who are just tuning in here's kind of a rundown of how gonzaga has been playing so well so far this season you know they've always had really good hitting teams at gonzaga under mark mactoff and this year is no exception ernie yank at the top of the lineup uh, his hitting 310 second on the team in walks he does everything that a leadoff man is supposed to do And then in the middle of that lineup, you've got Brett Harris, who's one of the best players on the West Coast this season, has a chance to be the WCC MVP. He's hitting 372 this year, but his on-base percentage is above 500, which is crazy. Uh, Leads the team in walks. He's been hit 19 times, so he's a magnet. Leads the team in doubles. Second on the team in RBIs. Second on the team in homers. Uh, Just an all-around fantastic baseball player. Andrew Orzel, also in the middle of that lineup. He's a transferred in from Wofford. He leads the team in RBIs, and it seems, especially early on in the season, that whenever Gonzaga needed a really big hit, Orzel was the one to get it. And then the rest of their lineup is just really, really solid. There's no easy outs uh, when it comes to this team. Grayson Sterling is hitting near 300. Guthrie Morrison hitting 280. Mason Maranco, 276. Uh, Tyler Rando, uh, he's tied for second on the team in homers as well, hitting 273. Jack Maktoff had a huge three-run double in that uh, BYU series last weekend. And then there's Gabriel Hughes, who Gonzaga uses as a DH, but he's also their Saturday starter, their second starting pitcher behind Alec Jacob. He, he plays both ways. He's hitting uh, close to 250 on the year and is also tied for second on the team with three homers. So let's talk about that pitching staff because Gonzaga has always had good hitting teams. This year it's getting pitching. And it starts with one of the best one-two combinations on the entire West Coast and Alec Jacob and Gabriel Hughes. Alec Jacob, of course, had the no-hitter against Pepperdine a couple weeks ago. He's got 
80 strikeouts this year in 56 and two-thirds innings, which is wild. And then there's Gabriel Hughes, uh, who they use as their Saturday starter. And their coaching staff has said that he has potential to be a fifth, anywhere between a fourth and a sixth round draft pick in the MLB draft. Um, His ERA in conference play is a minuscule 1.86. Alec Jacob is a 2.15. The two of them have pitched right around 37, 38 innings. Um, They're striking out everybody. Opponents batting average against Alec Jacob in WCC is 145. Against Gabriel Hughes, it's 203. As a pitching staff, as a team, their ERA is 2.42, and opponents in conference player hitting just 201. So their Friday and Saturday starters in Jacob and Hughes are elite-level pitchers. And then um, their bullpen has been really, really good. Michael Spellacy, uh, like I said earlier, uh, Brody Jesse coming out of their bullpen is probably their main closer option that they use, but Tristan Vreeling has also been really good. And then their Sunday starters, William Kepner and Bradley Mullen, both have ERAs under 2.0. And then uh, Alec Gomez, he pitched a gem last week, and he is due to start tonight against Washington State. So just a real, a much more pitching depth this year than they probably ever had um, really in the last decade, which is why this team is a little bit different uh, than Gonzaga teams in the past. So like I said, they've got five games in the next seven days, two Pac-12 opponents, and then three games against San Diego and a battle for first place in the WCC. So if you want to hop on that Gonzaga baseball train, this is the perfect time to do so. All right, coming up, we're going to switch gears back to basketball, and we continue our player reviews, and we'll talk about a couple international recruits who never quite found their footing in Spokane, and now both of them are going to be moving on, hopefully, uh, to greener pastures, and that's Lily Scanlon, and that's Pavel Zakharov. So we'll get to both of them coming up here in a second. But first, a minute to talk about RockAuto.com. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The RockAuto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. RockAuto.com's prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low. RockAuto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or account login. Go to RockAuto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, we continue our player reviews today, and we're going to talk about a couple international uh, players. And let's start with Lily Scanlon. She came in this year as a freshman from Melbourne, Australia, and she was part of the Australian national team in several international events. Uh, She played in the World Championships. She played in a bunch of FIBA um, World Cup classics. And in her best event was the FIBA U-17 World Cup in 2018, where she averaged just under 12 points. She also played for the Victoria Metro State team when she was in Australia. And she averaged 13.5 points and six assists. She's a 5'9 guard. And she immediately became part of the rotation as the backup point guard. The first game of the season, 
She played 16 minutes against number one South Carolina, and I thought she played really, really well. She had seven points and three assists in that game, and it kind of led to some consistent minutes throughout the first you know, two months or so of the season um, where she would consistently get anywhere between 8 to 12, 15 minutes, something like that. And then once the middle of January rolled around, she kind of stopped getting those minutes and then she fell out of the rotation altogether. And then by the end of the year, she wasn't playing at all. She didn't play in either of the WCC tournament games and she didn't play in the NCAA tournament game against Belmont. So she finished the season averaging two and a half points and one assist. She ended up having more turnovers than assists. So I suppose that's probably the biggest reason uh, why uh, she didn't get as much playing time later in the season as she did earlier in the season. She also wasn't the greatest defender. Uh, I think part of that is being a freshman. Uh, freshmen typically aren't the greatest defenders when they're coming into college, uh, but she only had two steals and they were late in the season. Um, she's not as strong as the Trongs are on the defensive end. And now that the season is over, she has made the decision to leave Gonzaga, head back home to Australia, and play professionally back in Australia. And her her season in Australia has already started. She had a two-week quarantine when she got back to Australia. She played her first game um, last, not this past weekend, but the weekend prior. And she had 17.6 rebounds and two assists uh, in that first game back. So Lily Scanlon didn't quite work out for Gonzaga, but she has a bright future ahead of her in her hometown of Australia where she's a lot more comfortable playing. So I wish Lily Scanlon the best of luck. Okay, now let's talk about Pavel Zakharov. And the thing to me about Pavel Zakharov is that I think he had really high expectations that should not have been placed on him coming into Gonzaga. So he came in from Russia, but he played the end of his high school career at Montverde Academy in Florida. But the thing about that is that he didn't play on Mount Verde Academy's A-team. Like, they have multiple teams over there. He was not on their A-team. And then he ended up getting ranked by 24-7 Sports as a top 60 recruit. Now, the thing about that is that typically 24-7 is one of and sometimes the only outlet to rank international recruits. And a lot of times when Gonzaga gets an international recruit, they tend to rank them based on the success of past international recruits at Gonzaga. And so Zakharov was placed in the top 60. He has um, good size, obviously. He's got some athleticism in the fact that he can get up and down the court. But he's so raw as a basketball player. And his motions are kind of... Um, they're, they're not as smooth as uh, other basketball players are. So he's kind of more robotic than he is a kind of smooth and finesse basketball player. So I think the biggest issue with Zakharov is that his expectations placed on him were way too high coming into Gonzaga. And obviously he didn't really live up to those expectations. He was basically an end of the bench guy, both of his two seasons in Spokane. He scored 44 points in his two years combined in a Gonzaga uniform. Uh, He hit a three in each of his two seasons, which was very exciting, especially this year. He had a three uh, towards the end of a game and, you know, put the the ice in his veins celebration, which was kind of funny. Uh, But Pavel Zakharov is now transferring to Cal Baptist, which I think is a a much better place for him. 
um, to kind of grow his game, get some minutes, and play in a, a conference that's um, you know more for his game. And so I hope Pavel Zakharov uh, has a nice career at Cal Baptist. It was not going to happen at Gonzaga. He had been recruited over. There are too many talented big guys coming in. And he just he was not the top sixty recruit that some websites had him as. Uh, like I said, I think he had expectations that were way too high for him when he was a good player, um, but not a great player in a program that used to be good but is now great. And so Pavel Zakharov now going to Cal Baptist, and I wish him all the best of luck over there. Okay, we're going to go ahead and finish the show, catching you up on all the latest news and notes from the last few days, including the latest name Gonzaga is looking at the transfer portal, and then some thoughts as well about Fanbo Zhang uh, decommitting from Gonzaga and going to the G League. But first, bet online. It is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at bet online. And this week, has tons of sports action on the go as the NFL Draft is happening and the Kentucky Derby is back as the first leg of the Triple Crown begins this weekend. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC and MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Use Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts, and promo code LOCKEDON. Football fans, this year, the Locked On Podcast Network is partnering with the Draft Network to cover the NFL Draft live. Get insight and analysis from Locked On local experts and the Draft Network's national experts. Subscribe to the Locked On NFL YouTube page to watch live three-day coverage of the NFL Draft April 29th through May 1st. Okay, we finished the show with some of the biggest news and notes going around Gonzaga the last couple days. Obviously, the biggest news from over the weekend was that Fanbo Zhang has decommitted from Gonzaga, his verbal commitment that was completely non-binding, and he is now going to play in the G League. There were some rumblings about this as soon as Tommy Lloyd left to go to Arizona that uh, Fanbo Zhang may not come to Gonzaga anymore. Lloyd was obviously his main recruiter, and... There were some rumors that he may end up going to Arizona, and there were also rumors that he would just stay in China and play professionally in China. Turns out he wanted to go the G League route, and I don't blame him. I can't blame anybody for wanting to make money right away as a basketball player. Um, I think Gonzaga would obviously love to have him. I think he would have been their wing of the future after Julian Strother. I don't know if Zhang, if he would have reclassified to the 2021 class, I don't know what his role would have been on this year's team, but he certainly would have gotten significant minutes um, in the 22-23 season. I think he's got a really good skill set as a 6'7", 6'8", wing um, down the line. So Van Bozeg no longer coming to Gonzaga, so that opens up another scholarship. And if Aaron Cook does not come back to school, I believe Gonzaga has three open scholarships to work with. One of those is going to go to a guard. Whether it's Aaron Cook or whether it's a transfer guard, one of the newest guys that they're looking at is Savir Wheeler, who is a guard from Georgia. Uh, he averaged seven and a half assists last year and 14 points. 
So just uh, on that basis alone, um, he's a solid player. However, he had four and a half turnovers a game, and he shot 23% from deep. So it's just kind of a matter of if he does come to Gonzaga, if he can kind of work on those two things, I think there are better names out there that we have talked about in the past than Wheeler. Um, So we'll see kind of where Gonzaga ends up going. But with those three scholarships, I imagine one of them is going to be a backup point guard who can take over lead guard duties as opposed to a combo guard because Salas and Harris are more combo guards. But then they'll also take perhaps a shooting wing, somebody like C.J. Frederick, who they have talked to, or they'll take a backup big man for Drew Timmy, somebody who is a true center, maybe somebody who's a freshman or a sophomore with multiple years of eligibility now that Umar Balo's gone and Zakharov is gone and they did not get Walker Kessler once Drew Timmy and Chet Holmgren leave next year. They don't have a true center. They have more fours than they do fives. Um, so I think it. those are kind of the three things that they're going to be looking for in the transfer portal is a true backup lead guard, a shooting wing, and then a true center. A couple fun things around Gonzaga Athletics. Uh, Gonzaga's Chris Watkins, who is the uh, coach of the Gonzaga women's soccer team, he was named the West Coast Conference Co-Coach of the Year after leading the Bulldogs to a 5-2-1 conference record. They finished third in the WCC, which is their highest finish since the league expanded to 10 teams. He's only the second Gonzaga head coach to win WCC Coach of the Year awards for women's soccer, and the only other one came in 2003. So shout out to Chris Watkins for building uh, a good program uh, with women's soccer. And then the other super fun thing that happened over the weekend is that for the first time in program history, the Gonzaga women's golf team won the WCC championship. They beat Pepperdine on a second playoff hole to capture the uh, the league championship in the year 2021. Uh, they had tied Pepperdine in their three-day tournament, and then they played their first playoff hole even, and then they beat the Waves on the second hole to win their first WCC championship in Gonzaga women's golf history. So shout out to the Gonzaga women's golf team uh, for taking home that title. And then a couple last things here around the WCC. Former Gonzaga guard Jesse Wade, uh, who transferred to BYU, has decided to retire. He had been dealing with just multiple injuries throughout his career. Uh, He's 24 years old now, and he's going to just go ahead and start his career after graduation in something other than basketball. So shout out to Jesse Wade uh, for his kind of perseverance and battling through all of those injuries throughout his career. And then Pacific, they were active in the transfer portal this past weekend. They lost Brock Finstoon, who was a double-figure scorer, really good player for them. But they brought in Alfonso Anderson, who was the Mountain West Conference sixth man of the year. Uh, he, he played the last two years at Utah State, averaged seven and a half points over those two years. He's 6'6", 220. He's kind of in that, uh, if you guys remember Jaleel Tripp, he's kind of in that Jaleel Tripp mold. Somebody with decent size, good rebounder, good defender, uh, and is kind of the, that perfect player for Damon Stoudemire's kind of gritty, physical nature kind of team. So a good addition there for Pacific, who had been kind of quiet in the transfer portal uh, since the end of the season. All right, that's going to do it for today's show. We only have three days left for our player reviews, so we'll finish those up this week. Tomorrow, we're going to be talking about Martinez Arlauskas, who seemingly everybody thought would transfer this offseason, but he hasn't. And then we're going to talk about Luis Forsythe, who did transfer. 
So we're going to talk about where she is going to be heading next. And then we're also going to recap Gonzaga's baseball game against Washington State, which again happens tonight at 6 p.m. You can watch it locally on SWX or you can watch it on WCC Network. Don't forget, you can rate and subscribe to the podcast. Please leave a review with your Gonzaga story. I will read them every Friday on the show. You can follow me on Twitter at SCargo. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at LockedOnZags. If you want to email the show with your story or if you have any questions that you want me to answer, feel free to do so. LockedOnZags at gmail.com. Everybody enjoy your Tuesday. We will see you back here tomorrow morning. It is a great day to be a Zag.